Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am here with Josh Olswich. Hey, Josh. Mr. Brian, how are you? I'm doing swell on this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you and Merry to Christmas all others. Or to you, whatever else, yours. Whatever else you folks celebrate, marry that. Happy holidays. For me, it's Christmas. I'm looking forward to uh, a nice holiday. I've been making some gifts with my hands, and I love it as a keyboard warrior. Feels good, you know. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, good. I kind of missed the madness yesterday. I was kind of running out and about, but uh, and a lot of people who did fairly well yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun in the market right now. That's for sure. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Before we do, though, y'all should know if you're wanting to make a trade, if you're wanting to buy the blood on some altcoins or some DeFi stuff, you should do it with Matcha. Go to ledgerstatus.com/slash Matcha. M A T C H A. It is quite simply the best way to trade on a Dex. They pool liquidity from many different sources. They get you the best price that you can get by being an aggregator of that liquidity and providing the best interface in the market for uh, buying cryptocurrencies and trading them. And they even have limit orders. You can set limit orders with Matcha. It's really great. I literally make every DEX trade I make there, and I try to make as many DEX trades as I can rather than centralized exchanges. So Matcha is awesome. They're a great partner. Go to ledgerstatus.com slash Matcha. Hey, uh, all right. So you are showing a Bitcoin chart on your stuff right now. Um, well, what do we want to talk about first? I mean, there's so many great things. Link dumped, ripples of security, ripple dumped, ripples getting delisted. I mean, it's just like the Christmas presents are just the Christmas presents unsurmountable. I can't, I can't unwrap them fast enough. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, one inch, one inch tokens, one inch coming tokens about to launch. I mean, it's just, there's so much, you know, when right? I look like just at the Ethereum daily chart, it really doesn't look bad. It looks totally normal. It felt much more painful in in the moment. Um, well, here's the oddest thing about ETH is that it's been so disconnected from BTC, which has been a stable coin throughout this crazy, crazy alt blood. Um, it, it feels like there's some big ETH seller we don't know about because... The supply demand is heavily in the demand side of things. If you look at Grayscale, if you look at any of the on-chain stuff, if you look at ETH 2.0, like none of it makes sense. The exchange reserves are super low. So I don't know why ETH is underperforming other than it's an altcoin. You know, I don't know it's to give why me pain. else. It's to give me pain is why. Um, but I agree with you. Like if we'll, we'll look at Ethan, the BTC pair and all that, but I mean, we should lead with the most interesting and impactful story of the week, which was that the SEC filed suit against, uh, Ripple, the company and two executives, Brad garlic bread, AKA garling house, uh, <laughs> and also some other guy that was the CEO before him that I can't remember his name. Um, it was, it was relatively unique for the SEC to charge two executives individually in addition to the company. And it was also um, of note that it was brought forth essentially on Jay Clayton, the SEC commissioner's like next to last day in office. So it was his parting gift to uh, throw one to the the Ripple crew. Um this was always obvious to just about anybody in crypto. They brought many smaller suits towards coins and companies for uh, providing securitized offerings and acting like they're not and without registering them. But this was always the big one. Like they needed to do some small ones to show that they could bring a case forth with a company that has unlimited funds. And they showed that what did Ripple sell? Like, hundreds of like billions of dollars worth of tokens over the years and hundreds of millions that went directly to executives and they have war chests significant war chests so the sec had to be prepared and then they filed the suit do you what do you think about it josh because you've done a lot of fundamental research on this i think uh, like you're saying it's a long time coming it's obvious to anybody i mean i've talked to so many people about this possibility over the years that um because i'm not i don't know laws right i don't know security laws or any of that stuff all I know is what I know from ICO 
days and learning about just random you know ICOs what they're doing and what they got charged with um so yeah i mean it's obvious their their whole thing is we have a bunch of ripple and we sell it and we take profit off of that and we continue to sell it and i like i don't think anybody under ever understood how they didn't get charged with with what they're being charged with sooner um so it all makes sense it all seems pretty slam dunk uh i don't know <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what the fine is going to be because if EOS got away with a smallish fine relative to their ICO, um, I wonder what sort of fines are going to be levied against Ripple. And I think it's called disengorgement, which is when investors can go after Ripple now, right? And uh, say like, no, I don't know that one. You guys owe us money because. Blah blah blah. Like I don't. I don't think it's securities fraud. I don't. I don't know the laws, right? Whatever. Um, but I think that's like the next step is people going after Ripple, which is what's been going on for years, by the way, in smaller courts. Um, California, there was a class action. There's multiple class actions uh, against Ripple, and um, I think this SEC stuff will help all of those cases if they're still active. Yeah. So. They say that they brought in over $1.3 billion in ongoing unregistered security sales because they sold for years and years. They also, in the suit, there's all kinds of like pretty damning stuff where you know people talk about stuff like, we need to sell as much of this as we can while we can. <laughs> you know, talks about some of the specifics, talks about um, pressuring exchanges to list their stuff and um, asking what it would take and... Uh, there's been a lot of stories out since then. Frankie Scoops has been all over it. Apparently a former SEC commissioner said that it would cause multi-billion dollar losses to innocent third parties, which is totally true. That's always going to be a problem when the SEC brings charges on these. Like all the people that just bought it, the bag holders, the community, if you will, they're all just getting wrecked in this stuff. Um, two trading desks already stopped. Uh, Jump Trading and Galaxy Digital they stopped making XRP markets, and then the other interesting one was that Bitwise's uh, index fund, which we talked about. Uh, the nubile, fresh, very new index fund. <laughs> well, it was 3.8% share uh, of XRP in the fund. They went ahead and liquidated it, and now there's you know, talk that exchanges will start to delist it. So this is just cascading bigly for XRP. Which just, I mean, it's basically at the same price it was in mid-November. However, what makes it severe is that it had gone on a tear and went up 170% and now just retraced all that in three days. Um, But you have to know, you have to think they knew they were under heavy scrutiny when they launched this uh, this flare airdrop thing. And it makes me wonder if it was like their own way of kind of exit pumping or transitioning to maybe a plan that they have for transitioning the XRP token to something that they can claim is more decentralized or something like that. And by having that big pump and then this coming out, it created an enormous amount of volatility. And um, now the previous price essentially acts like a floor, you know, because it can drop 60% and just go to where it was in November Whereas if this would have just happened back then in November, it would have gone to like 10 cents, you know? Um, so I feel like there's something still afoot or scammy or sketchy here in the timing of their flare airdrop. It seems too good to be coincidence to me. Um, it might be coincidence, but my personal conspiracy brain is thinking that there there was more knowledge in the air with that airdrop than I, we were thinking. Yeah, it does seem pretty coincidental. I agree. I mean, let's be real here. It's worth zero. It's it's literally worthless. Nobody's using it. Uh, MoneyGram came out and said, who? XRP? Never heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they own them? Um, I thought they did. They, uh, they basically, I mean, XRP did this with virtually all the companies they were involved with, partners they were involved with, but mm-hmm. they would give them a bunch of Ripple to, you know, bribe them to use their stuff, basically. Um, but the, at the end of the day, the on-chain stats support this. Nobody's using Ripple, you know? Like, it's not... If people were using Ripple, 
uh, the token, then there would be vibrant on-chain stats, but there just isn't. Yeah, one of uh, one of the th- claims in the suit was talking about how the one of the people they paid XRP to use it. They were like, "We would never use this unless you get rewarded us handsomely." But then they promoted it as a partnership, and all that just goes in to say, like, it's you know, it's very very sleazy kind of throughout. You know, they yeah, that's a classic classic crypto PR. Just yeah, partners, partners, partners. A pure, a pure kickback. That Who does that remind you of, the Brian? Pricing. Who has all these partners? Who does that remind you of? Link? Uh, is that the first one that comes to mind? Link? For you? Uh, <laughs> I don't think of Link in the same way that you do, but uh, they do have a no, lot of partnerships. What Link, Tron, Litecoin, all these coins that promote these partnerships um, get the forefront. Like if you go to Link's Twitter account, for example, um, which is a poor metric anyway, but if you if you look at their Twitter account, it's all partnerships, 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 partnerships. There's no like... I don't know. I don't see like robust uh, dev stuff or uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what else I'd be looking for there, but it's all, it's all just fluff nonsense. Right. Um, This is the XRP LX. This is brave new coins, uh, ripple index. And it was actually the highest volume day ever on the index. Wow. um, On the 22nd. I didn't recognize it at first because I never look at pre 2017 ripple from when it was less than a cent. Uh, they have it goes back to 2014 on here. It's crazy. Josh, that full retrace is going to be glorious. <laughs> like XRP, if it's listed anywhere, it's going to go down to one cent again. Yeah. So opinion. a lot of people um, were looking at this as a support. Uh, whatever this is, 23 cents. Yeah. Uh, they had been holding it up at 25 cents for the longest time. The market maker. And it broke it seemed pretty obvious. What's that? It broke in March temporarily, but then it recorded. Yeah. 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 Um, So I don't know. Apparently the market maker bots are off now for um, Ripple. Yeah. I mean, I truly think it could go below 10 cents easily, and I don't think people are ready for that. But 10 cents is still 10 times too expensive for this coin. Um, So if it gets gets delisted, uh, the process for that's going to be interesting to see what happens with tokens that are on exchanges, if Grayscale starts selling, that's another nail in the coffin as well. They have a small index fund or whatever you want to call it, yeah. ETF, ETP uh, for Ripple. And then if the delistings start, it just it's going to get it's going to get nasty if 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 that carries on. Um, nevertheless, well, so the other thing is if it if it gets delisted everywhere except a few places, it's actually easier to control the price at that point because there's less places to, to sell it, you know? So yeah, but it'll yeah, cause I, more impulse moves. Like I truly think 10, 15 cents is well within reach. Uh, there's also a little bit of a, uh, uh, inverse hot potato. Like you kind of want to be the last man standing so that all the trading volume will be on your exchange. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I, well, I think, I think a lot of it, uh, at this point is over. I mean, look at the all time high in volume, right? Like if I was an exchange, I would say, okay, I got my pound of flesh, a few days ago, I can safely say by the end of the year, we're going to delist this or whatever. You have a week to remove it from your trading. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think it could go to 10 cents. I think it could go to 30 or three cents. You know, it might go back to a penny. People would be in disbelief, but I, I mean, it's very much the way of things and it went up because of all of those false promises and false premises uh, in early, in early 2017. And, it's maintained that floor through the fact that it's highly centralized and controlled by a few number of holders that weren't selling. And um, now everyone else is going to sell, but they're not going to like buy coins back. You know, they want to get rid of theirs. They don't want to buy them back. So, well, the other interesting part is they stopped uh, ripple, stopped selling um, programmatically is what they call it. Um, I think that's when I think they knew the case was coming by then. I think exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they, they stopped programmatic selling in Q3 or Q2 even. So, and they were talking about an IPO in, in Q1. So yeah. Well, who, what did they know and when did they know it? I guess is the question. Yeah. The, um, getting the TikTok story on all this would be, will be a great story from someone if they can get inside sources to know like what were they thinking? What was the legal 
concerns like what was the internal stuff aside from the pr which is all garbage like the blog post they put out and some of that was just stupid but what was the tiktok story no like not not the actual tiktok a tiktok is like a journalistic form where it's like here's exactly what happened and when it happened and over a timeline it's called a tiktok oh it is yeah T-I-L. Um, yeah so this what was the top to bottom price drop in ripple like 60 percent that move obviously caused a cascade in markets that started to go into effect once Ripple dropped 40% on the day yesterday. Um, and that started dragging other markets as well. You're talking about Link earlier because we talked about how weak Link was up here at 74, 75 sats, whatever. Uh, Link's had multiple weeks of massive down moves, but it had a pretty clear capitulation move yesterday. Um, it's down on the wick like 37 percent uh this week relative to btc uh let's see yeah just on yesterday's daily link went down like 30 percent plus so uh huge capitulation on altcoins and uh, well in a vacuum charts like that to me look with the waterfall cascade stuff that looks like a bottom to me even ripple ripple on kraken looks like a bottom to me even though i know it can go lower um, technicals, you know, technicals divorced from reality. What's it looks amazing like is you look at Bitcoin and you wouldn't recognize the day. You know, you'd have I mean? no idea. You'd have no idea. <laughs> and even Ethereum, Ethereum was painful for me because I was on leverage for part of it, um, and I like capitulated part of my position and I'd buy it back twenty dollars lower, lower, and then I'd capitulate it again and buy it back twenty dollars lower. You know, it's like so I was trying to like snag the bottom and it. It, it got a little uh, a little heavy, but, I mean, even Ethereum, from a percentage perspective, nothing like what we... I mean, it was 10 12% maybe at the lows of the day. Uh, but some of these other ones had just massive volatility uh, on the day. And the, the, the biggest and heaviest, more so than others, the XRP. XRP, obviously, but Link, um, I mean, huge, huge down moves uh, and several others. Um, so we saw some pain and I can't imagine that this was, uh, isolated or like independent because it seems like to me a fund blew up and had to force liquidate other assets in order to pay for something that they were doing with regard to XRP. Like even somebody that was say two X levered, you know, like they were, they were borrowing in order to buy more XRP. Uh, well they got smoked because it went down 50% or 60% in two days. So they probably had to post up collateral from other things. And I think, I think people blew up because of XRP. It, um, there was some definite opportunistic liquidations as well going on. I think uh, people taking advantage of the panic and just yeah, like for forcing, forcing it lower, forcing it lower. And that's, that's another, uh, the visualization of that is that cascading waterfall stuff where you just get, uh, even like that link BTC chart is nasty. It truly is. Um, yeah, it just it brings everything with it. Uh, Sushi dumped, um, a bunch of BTC pairs dumped. That's why it feels like it's the bottom, right? I don't know. It. I mean, oh. I, I truly think it feels like the bottom, and it looks like, on a dominance perspective, it looks like a top. You know, like it just blew the top off last night. Um, I mean, I, I I could be wrong, but it's also aligns with the seasonality stuff that we've talked about over and over again. You look at Bitcoin dominance and it just skyrocketed above 71 because of what people should, you know, will recall, our listeners will recall, because of the nature of these zombie tokens, 71% Bitcoin dominance is massive because there's so many of these tokens that are shown as part of this 30% of dominance, but they're totally illiquid, but they're calculated in dominance. So it's really, this is probably more like, 90% Bitcoin dominance from a liquid perspective, liquidity perspective. Um, so I actually anticipate that that was bottom for a lot of alts. Uh, I think we washed out a massive amount of leverage um, that was in the altcoin ecosystem. Our buddy Johnny Mo showed that, what was it, Josh, like 800 mil- million plus? was, was, was like a billion. A billion dollars of altcoins. Altcoin on Bybit. Which... Uh, was liquidated which, 
That's Private likely is not a legit exchange. We'll just say it like that. I mean, a lot <laughs> so, of people trade there. I won't disagree with you, but um, yeah, I, I don't think their volume is 100% real. So I'd take that billion dollar liquidation with a, a line of salt. But, but. When, you, when you look across the board here, that's like 25%, 30%, 25%, 20%. Uh, and then some of them are already starting a full retrace. Like it's, it's been very interesting to see how stuff moves, but it's, well, I guess for me, this is the remaining question. Like there's, there are several questions who's going to delist and when, uh, if the sec is successful, which coins are next is stellar next is Tezos next. I don't think so. Tezos already had a action against it. Right. Yeah. And I think some um, of them already made some settlements and that is going to give them an advantage back when this happened. You know, I've, I always liked the Enigma project. It's now secret, but it's now secret because of the problems they had with the Enigma project. They were one of the trial balloons, I guess, for some of these others. But once you get past it, my point back then was like, they're done. You know, they're, they're in the clear. They know what they're doing now. And all, all of these others are basically the same problems. And it it's probably going to run through a whole bunch of them until they either self-settle uh, or someone comes after them and uh yeah it's just it's part of it but i I don't feel bad for them (laughs) you know like no i don't feel bad it's just like you're saying like we said with the the ripple dragging down the rest of the market like if this is going to be a whole thing into 2021 2022 um it's just going to drag everything with it you know continuously nonstop. right i think i don't think we've seen the last of the ripple dumping uh dragging everything down I do think alts look really good for a bottom sitting at all-time lows, but I'd love to see a bullish divergence on everything on the BTC pair. Remember our uh, question, will Tezos go to an all-time low? Guess what? Tezos went to an all-time low. (laughs) It capitulated really hard. Uh, Well, I feel like everything on Binance just puked. Yeah, I need to look Um, up what Tezos looked like on the exchanges where it's been longer. Uh, yeah, but even on Kraken, it, it was an all-time low. Yep. Kraken, uh, Tezos BTC, EOS BTC, all-time low. Um, I think EOS BTC, all-time low. I know this will shock you, but even Zeke, all-time low. Zeke yeah, has. I mean, that's it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this wick on EOS BTC. It did wick to all-time lows. Is that today or yesterday? Uh, like that's, that's that's insane. Yesterday. Look at this. Yeah. No, that looks you know, it's on no volume too, you know? Yeah. It just means to, it goes to show there's no real buyers there. It's, uh, a, it's, no, t- it's, this... t- we've talked about this before, but it is tough times for these Ethereum killer types. Like Ethereum is so clearly dominant that, and for what it's worth, Ethereum BTC got freaking smoked too. Like it gave out the, uh, you know, the middle zone. Oh, two five. Yeah. Yeah. Head and shoulders that it needed to hold. Uh, it totally puked that. Um, but still, like, it's holding up better than others because none of the others are pulling pulling the weight. Like, Ethereum is so dominant. So, anyway, it could, but Ethereum versus BTC is also on the struggle bus, no doubt about it. Like, it needs to recover hard between here and Sunday just to cover, uh, the weekly chart and then by the 31st the monthly chart both look gross right now so uh, oh, i see this and even there's on esbtc there's a bullish divergence on the three day um you know the question is <laughs> can it can it get any worse than this for alts i, I think know. the answer is yes <laughs> it can always get worse but in a macro bullish environment it should get better like it should be that should be the type of bull market bottom that you expect on alts before you get a run. You know, it washed out. All that margin makes it so much harder with altcoins. Like the fact, the no, the amount of margin that's available on Binance and Bybit and FTX on those altcoins, it makes it a very different market to where you have to have these 25, 30% washouts to essentially stop anyone out or liquidate anyone that was more than like three or four X um, before you can run up because otherwise these just it can't it can't work you know like these alts can't pump so you have to wash out that margin before 
before you can carry on with the bull market. So it was exactly the type of bull market down move you would ex- you would expect to enable a move up. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but imagine if everyone's on 5x average margin with all these altcoins and then they go up 200%. Like someone's losing their tail there, right? And it's the smart money that would be losing their tail, not the over-leveraged retail money. That doesn't make any sense. So the... <laughs> The exchanges and the you know the people on the short side of that trade that washes out the leverage, they're the ones that need to make the money. And then the retail folks won't have any money to buy back because they got liquidated. Do you think I'm reading too much into that? It's a bullish dump. It's a uh, white coffee in spring. Yeah, a, a white coffee in spring is what it ends up turning into. That's right. Um, if we look at Ethereum, it held that parabolic up move that we talked about that it could be tracking, but it hadn't touched in a while. And here it is, uh, touches right on that trend line today, though it's sitting just below the 20 day moving average, but it's maintained the horizontals that it needs to maintain. If Bitcoin dumps like this, will go way down. Like I think Bitcoin, I think Ethereum will go below 500. If Bitcoin has a real drawdown, I don't personally think Bitcoin's going to have a real drawdown, uh, before the end of the year. So I actually think that Ethereum, has room to recover on that BTC pair and it gives it room to move up on the USD pair. Um, not to say that Bitcoin is not ready for some kind of mean reversion. And you, <laughs> you show that on your chart right now. Like it's just a maybe distribution, maybe reaccumulation. What do you see there? So we had, I don't know. I've been discussing the possibility of the head and shoulders because of the descending volume profile. That's really like, I don't think maybe uh, people are confused like me just looking at random stuff on the price action and saying, oh, this is this, is this, this is that. But really, I'm just, I always look at the volume first. Like if the volume is declining, it says there's probably something here. And uh, a lot of people today are kind of pointing out this possibility of a diamond uh, top as well. Yeah. Whatever this is, it doesn't scream bullish continuation to me. Um, you know, nothing is perfect as far as, either pattern but 21k would be the the retrace target basically you know what i see on that is if you look at this on a daily chart going back to may we had a let's see how many bars that was uh 83 82 bar 82 day consolidation mm-hmm. before it moved up and then on the next one we had 38 bars continuation or uh consolidation and that was actually a short one maybe you could even you could say it was more like uh 75 if you do the long version and then if you go to the one that we just had recently 27 days of consolidation and now here we are what day six or seven in the consolidation the reason i say that is because it looks like on these moves up before the next move up we're having fewer and fewer days of consolidation, meaning in my mind, every move up we have is going to be more, um, more at risk of failure and shorter consolidations as it essentially goes peak, you know, peak parabola, peak up move, uh, and essentially makes it more demanding that it's going to have a larger correction, you know, yeah, that's you know, classic parabolic behavior. Uh, Litecoin, if you look at Litecoin in like 2017 or something, um, that's one of my like best snapshots in my mind of parabolic. Yeah, it won't activity. surprise me though if Bitcoin like doesn't like if it goes up again, it doesn't top until December 30th, December 31st, something like that. Blows off the top. I, nothing will surprise me. I, other than I think it'll hold like 20k into the end of the year. I feel like the bulls will buy the dip. Buy yeah, the I mean, the, the slower it goes, the more we're in the clear for uh, continuation. But if yeah, this keeps gonna, going faster gonna, and faster, then that's right, not it's, good. It's going to need a much larger uh, consolidation because when you look at it right now, it's just <laughs> vertical. You know. Yeah. Hey, we had uh, a good question on altcoins, which was from Harris. Uh, are you more bullish on the alts that recovered faster? 
it seems obvious, but would love to hear your thoughts. So there's two components of this that I would like to talk about, and I'll pull up Josh's charts of a whole bunch of alts. Um, one is which alts held up well and which like dropped like a rock. And then number two, which ones recovered quickly. And if something held up well and recovered fast, it's probably in the green already relative to what it started at. Uh, synthetics was one of the strongest because it was pumping before the dump, but still, it still qualifies as one that you look at it and it looks like really strong. So that's an example of where it qualifies in both on both fronts, right? Another would be if it didn't go down as much and recovered and it's kind of back where it started, or if it went down a lot, but then it recovered really quickly, which maybe Wi-Fi is doing, but Wi-Fi went way down, um, but in short, my answer to that, and Josh, if you have any extras, I want to hear it, is that certainly the faster it recovers, the better candidate, in my mind, it's going to be for more continuation going forward, don't you think? Yeah, I think it's definitely safer if, uh, if it already retraced yesterday's losses. But again, if this ripple stuff keeps rippling, <laughs> nothing is safe, you know? Like nothing is safe. I think I agree with you as far as a washout of uh, leverage and which is another reason why bottoms are probably established or have been established at this point because anybody who was long got absolutely shammered yesterday. Yeah. No, Wi-Fi wasn't as good as I thought. Like this is a good candidate for where it's like it just went down so much and it's maybe recovered half of that. Um but that Wi-Fi got clobbered. You and I were talking about this head and shoulders on Wi-Fi and it looks like it's just retesting it actually. It almost looks like a good place to get out if you're in, in my mind, especially if you're in from back, you know, sub 10 K, you still got a two X sitting on there and sure you didn't sell it at 28, but you got a nice win and you're under your belt. I think you just have to continually ask yourself, uh, what's the bias here? And why I can't look at the Wi-Fi chart and be bullish seeing the head and shoulders, even though it's back at the neckline. You know, the expectation there is not bullish continuation. I'll put it like that. Um, I posted this link chart on Twitter yesterday. If you look at Link's um, half-year MA, and I I'm not anybody to show Link, but if you look at the, the half-year MA and the MA multipliers, it's in the green zone which is the dca zone for me so i actually bought about 250 dollars of link i've (laughs) I've become a marine on spa i've started investing i'm an investor are you dcaing link i am dcaing link i mean look at the look at the back testing on this yeah right like you know maybe i'm crazy as much as i hate link and everything it stands for it's game over it's a lot better buy than it was a month ago, for sure. If we're going to have a bull market in alt, so I guess Link does have to be part of that. I'm a, I'm a technical guy, so yeah, Link devs are still selling uh, four million Link a month. They only have sixteen million left in the wallet that they're selling from, so it'll be interesting to see if they have some other Link to sell. They have a bunch more to sell, like thirty-six million or something. But um, yeah, I think. I don't think Link's going anywhere, unfortunately. You know, I really don't. Yeah. One one other element. I do want to get back to Bitcoin. Um, the way Ripple did things, it was pretty egregious. However, they're not alone. And I would imagine that the SEC, if they want to, they can also go after a whole bunch of other coins. So it, that could be a long-term pressure on altcoins to consider, something I want to keep in mind. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Link could be one of those coins, you know? They yeah, had, absolutely. They're doing what Ripple's doing, maybe not as egregious as far as we have to pump the price and whatever, but um, any any coin that has its own treasury, what is that, seniorage or whatever, that continues to sell it, even though they already had an ICO, I don't know. I would be a little nervous right now, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it, too, is like if they have a treasury and they're continuing to sell it, that's the same as essentially continuing to raise money and issue stock. So you can't, how can you be a commodity and not a security if you're selling your treasury? Cause you're essentially, it's like issuing shares in a stock, right? Like you're, 
<laughs> you're just raising new funds from the same batch of shareholders. It certainly feels like it. Um, all right. So Bitcoin bull case, we are going to do predictions. We we're talking about when we were going to do our prediction show. Our next scheduled episode is on January 1st. So we're going to do our full 2021 predictions then. Um, however, I want to talk some of the narratives out there are that Bitcoin's market cycle, whether it's a one year or two year, I don't know. Everyone's talking six figures and that's been hard for me to wrap my head around. But if it's true, then it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how that affects the overall ecosystem, right? Because it's going to be tough for stuff to just like dominate on Bitcoin relative charts. If you're trading altcoins, if Bitcoin is moving that quickly. At this well, market like, cap, like we've always said, maybe not you, but I've always said, you know, Bitcoin dominance is 100. percent You just don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we can look at Pitchfork. Pitchfork doesn't have us going to 100k until what is this? 2022, maybe July 2022. <laughs> um, but we can look at the other super high time frame charts and just with simple backtesting. You know, where are we in? various measurements like we're still relatively early on the 200 week moving average heat map um the pool multiple is heating up which historically can get higher it's about halfway there yeah. uh, and if, if we look at stock to flow everyone's favorite you know we're we're sort of well on our way to 88k right like it's you know you yeah. can you could poo all over stock to flow, <laughs> but it's oddly working still, you know, I'm not a big believer in it. I'm just saying like, it is what it is. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I want to, before we do our full predictions, I want to leave people with these. I'm glad you covered these. Um, just be able to set your frame of mind, right. For the year to come saying, Hey, we think Bitcoin can be worth, 100k 200k 400k that doesn't necessarily mean it's right away that's you're getting into the territory of okay well this is kind of the long-term outlook that's not the same as a one-year outlook uh so we're going to be making one-year predictions but i want to get people in the in the mood of trying to see what it's uh what to expect i want to give some recommended listening i have been hesitant to listen to any of the michael saylor stuff um his interviews and stuff, but I finally listened to one that he did with Preston Pish, uh, who does a, uh, we study billionaires podcast. And I really enjoyed it. Um, because, you know, it, it, he gave him a lot of time to, to make his, uh, to make his pitch. Right. So it was like a two hour plus episode where sailor justifies the, um, the case for, six figures and beyond for Bitcoin and uh, talks about inflation by lifestyle that we experience. So it was a really good episode. I hope that y'all will listen to that and maybe it can help educate all of us, at least on the mega bull, ver like the mega bulls perspective on uh, almost hyper Bitcoinization as being a dominant, you know, asset in the space, a desirable asset. And he compares it to commercial real estate. He compares it to, um, you know, land and gold and stocks and the pressure that's on people that are, uh, running businesses based on the fact that more money in the system is putting more pressure on people to make money. And anyway, it's good, uh, worth, worth listening to. It's not to say I agree with everything he says, but I think that's, I want to put that in my frame of mind as here's the super bull case. So, some recommended listening if people have a couple hours over the holiday and I'll be including that. And then also, you know, just the charts and some stuff Josh talked about for my own estimates. I think you definitely need a story beyond the data. You know, that's how we got here in the first place, right? Like we, we needed a story to get from zero to a K we needed a story to get from $200 to 20,000. And we're going to need a story to get from, 3000 to six figures. And I think the, the, the richers are really coming out of the woodwork to establish that story. Yeah. 
and give it credibility, you know, versus some, some people who are basically in, in early, early adopters saying like, buy my bags, essentially, you know, that's cause that's what it feels like when, when people like us are like six figures. Yeah. Uh, cause we're in early. Right. Right. Um, maybe, maybe not to all, everybody, but uh, I can certainly see how it's, it's read into like that. Uh, one last thing I'll say about the charts. Another thing I really like looking at is the, uh, UTXOs, basically, basically the age of the coins that are moving. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime the one to three month sliver is above like 13, 15%, that's usually been a local top. Um, and really that just says people have stopped holding and they're start, starting to sell. Um, where are typically we now? we're at 10.9%. Yeah. So I think we're like we're like in the fifth inning, I'd yeah. say, of this bull run, which is scary to think about. But um, I think we're definitely later than we might think it is. I think we'll have a major correction. Uh, I mean, well, minor correction, major correction, minor correction. I think we're imminent. You know, somewhere between now and thirty k, which sounds ridiculous, but that's only about a twenty percent move. And then a major correction. Um, I feel like we're going to get something that's like a multi multi week correction in the spring. My three year old's yelling for hot chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the, you know, those coins moving indicates that as well. Right. But we still see people gobbling up massive numbers of Bitcoin that we might have some sustained dip buyers. And I think what's holding true so far is that our dips are going to be smaller on Bitcoin this time around. Right. Yeah, I'd watch the uh, GBTC volumes, which are like astronomically high still as far as who's buying. Um, I'd watch exchange reserves is another good one I like to watch. Um, just got an alert for uh, uh, link exchange outflow, which is always usually bullish. If yeah. we look at BTC exchange reserves, they continue to go lower, which is typically bullish. Yes, yeah, got to be super bullish. Like, if we look at ETH flows, um, again, went lower, which is another reason why none of this makes sense. Like, why is ETH doing nothing? You know, that's just, it's so weird. Exchange flows on ETH are down. Uh, ETH 2.0 lockup is at 2 million now, ETH. Um, yeah, so I'd watch, I'd watch all that stuff too. So since it's Christmas Eve and this is imminent, uh, we'll finish on the fact that the one inch token, which we've talked about, looks like it's going to be coming out maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Looks like it's definitely coming this year. Um, one inch is another aggregator. It's pretty similar to uh, Matcha, uh, which is our show partner, uh, but they do some things that are different. They also have MooniSwap, which is like their version of Uniswap. Um, I wonder if this could be a trigger for DeFi stuff. You know, it's going to be an influx of, you know, tokens that have been created out of thin air that people can buy or sell. Um, I wonder if it can act similarly to what Uni was in the Uniswap launch and be a trigger for volatility and upside in the in the DeFi space. Uh, do you think we're on for phase two of DeFi stuff? I don't know. It feels like there's... Not enough in the tank right now for that to happen. I think it's going to be hard for the market to just 180 after uh, XRP shenanigans. Um, I do like watching the East locked in DeFi too, and that's looks like it's bottomed. So that's that's bullish as well for ETH. Yeah, um, I think the BTC locked as well. Oh, that's that's going down. Just kidding. Um, that's WBTC mainly. That's going wrecked. down going down so that's uh that's interesting uh, because you know like i've talked about on the show before like i've i'm leaving wbtc sitting there because i don't want the tax event (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um so if you do have one inch consider if you redeem it or claim it this year you'll have that tax event that you'll have to consider so depending i might just watch it and then not claim mine until january 1st for that very reason um, I think there's going to be a shift in the market. I do honestly think alts are going to have a big run in January purely because people start becoming willing to move coins again. January, really? You think that early? 
Well, here's, I said this yesterday to you and we talked a little bit, but I'll say it on the podcast for the record. Q4 is typically so bad for alt, uh, so that Q1 can be consolidation and Q2 can be alt season, you know, just like it was in 2019. To yeah, some but degree. consolidation is typically going to mean like stuff can move, you know? Yeah, can, Versus, of course it can move. It's not going to moon, but it can move. Yeah, but there'll be there'll be isolated opportunities. Like maybe it's one inch that does something while it, after its launch, and then maybe something else rotate. You know, like things move two or three at a time, and then you get to a por- portion that's later in the cycle where you have two weeks straight of everything going up, and you just throw a rock at something. So, well, what's the equivalent of uh, one inch token? Uni, right? Uh, yeah, uni kinda, and uh, maybe like BNT and uh snx and sushi bnt i don't know about bnt but i think so i think everyone's gonna be looking at the uni chart thinking bal thinking uh you know this <laughs> the good times aren't gonna last very long if at all as far as how it depends how the distribution works for one inch maybe they've wisened up to any of uni's flaws but um i think uh, the rumor is you know I actually, I transacted on 10 different wallets just in case they did something like Uniswap. Um, but I think what they're doing is they're only going to reward liquidity providers, which is something I did as well for weeks. So that doesn't hurt my feelings, but I didn't stick with it all year because I thought this thing was coming out like two months ago. So I was a liquidity provider for, I don't know, maybe a month or two. Um, so if they, so it depends on whether, who they reward, but um, I think if it, 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 you know, it's going to do something, and I do think it'll be like you. It's going to do something. Where, Brian, well, something. December twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Yeah. Congrats! <laughs> what a prediction. I'll come back. Hey guys, guess what? I was right. One inch did something. Um, I think it'll have an up move. I guess is my point. It may bleed. Like anytime you get, you know, give somebody a free token, it'll probably bleed. But they could provide they could do a variety of things to try to incentivize people like hey we'll double your tokens if you stake them for 30 days or you know what i mean like who knows what yeah either way I mean, it's going to be a fresh a fresh batch of uh dollars that allows us to have some fun that's right what else you got josh i think that's it i mean i'm just kind of still high from the ripple stuff you know I don't know. I I don't really have any much else to say. I didn't really look at legacy is kind of quiet this week because the hours are closed, right? For for the most part. Yeah, I think so. Um, Dixie's at 90, kind of doing a bunch of nothing. Uh, VIX is probably, yeah, just 20, 21, kind of doing a bunch of nothing. Um, I don't think we'll see much until the year uh, January comes around. Or even, even inauguration. Even you know? even poor Doge drew down in the uh, blood yesterday. Did it? I thought it hit. It was at uh, sixteen sats. No. Where yeah, is but it? it went up to twenty one twenty two earlier this week. I mean, if I just zoom out on the weekly, it looks like Doge survived whatever the blood was. I'm not selling till eighty sats. That's all I'm saying. Eighty sats. Wow. <laughs> well, we'll see if I'm successful in that. Um, We'll try. That's on uh, my top watch. I know I'm, I mean, I'm kind of sitting tight until January and then I'm, I'm going to be ready to move and shake. So I hope others are like me because I'm sick of like, everything's just so tied together right now, you know, and I'm ready for, uh, ready for some of the correlations to cool down and, and see some individual coins do stuff. We did get a question about Wi-Fi and whether what we think about it fundamentally. Fundamentally, I don't have anything that I love about Wi-Fi necessarily, but I don't hate it. I mean, it's obviously a, a big runner in the space. What Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I, I, I dislike more things than I like about it. I'm just looking at the chart. The technicals so far have acted extremely obvious. I don't know. It's been head and shoulders, uh, descending triangle, bull div, Another head and shoulders. Uh, I don't know. It's it's great from a technical perspective. I wish I could trade it somewhere on leverage. I don't, I don't think I can. But is it not available on leverage? I don't think so. Not legally. <laughs> oh yeah, that's but true. That's a whole other story, Brian. You know what? My my wish for twenty twenty one is for 
a liquid derivatives exchange on a DEX that Americans can trade. He's not asking too much, Josh. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Maybe, yeah, our, I guess maybe last, our friends at Matcha can figure it out. I guess I'll talk about band since I was banned to cheerleader. Uh, I got so disillusioned by this. I turned the cloud off. I said, the cloud is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it looks it like on. the head and shoulders failed. Oh, uh, yeah. The cloud, so your trade's dead. Did you sell it? Yeah, I didn't sell it because uh, I'm, I'm a pleb. You're a community member. I'm a pleb, friend. Um, Just wait for it to curl back up into that cloud pocket right there. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm not as bullish on it as I was earlier, certainly with all this Ripple stuff. Uh, I think it's hard to be mega bearish on an alt just because of something else happening in the space. Um, even though there's more coming for Ripple. Like, it's hard to be bullish on these like garbage alts because Ripple did something, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. All right. Well, I want to make one it's, prediction before we go. Okay. I want you to tell me what is the price of Bitcoin to the dollar uh, on the strike of midnight, January 1st. To the dollar? Yep. I'm going to go with... Uh, the tech doesn't support this, but I think 26666. I like that. All right. And I'm going to go with $24,789. So you heard it first. <laughs> okay. We think number is going to go up until the end of the year. I don't know why. I just, it just it doesn't want to go down. That's the thing. It just doesn't want to go it, down. It doesn't. I think the summary of this whole thing is continue to watch alts. Think about buying. Be careful because the Ripple shenanigans are going to continue. And then be careful of uh, any other coins getting embroiled, specifically Stellar. I think that's the biggest risk uh, as far as the SEC stuff. Yeah. Let me read out a couple of the chat predictions. Uh, Will Rule, 27,350. IQL, 29,222. Beat, 25,730. See if you guys are right. See if me or Josh is right. Uh, oh, Nielsen, 18,798. Crypto, <laughs> 21,000. Uh, <laughs> Sausage Sizzy, 589. I think the Ripple 589 dream is dead. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully not Bitcoin. Maybe ETH. Crypto Ninja twenty seven eight eighty eight. Arctic one twenty one ninety two. I'm gonna say twenty one nine twenty. That's what he meant there. Uh, Shaft fifty five twenty four five hundred. Somebody's gonna be close. We'll play prices right, and I'll have to listen to this on January first to to know where we ended up. But thanks for joining us, everybody. If you enjoyed the show. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes. We would surely appreciate that. It's good being with you today. Merry Christmas to all of you. Have a very happy holiday. Peace to you and yours. We'll talk to you next time. In the blink of an eye The easy river Has just run dry